So our uh, scripture passage this day comes from the 11th chapter of Hosea, verses 1 through 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the balls and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities. It consumes their oracle priests and devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me. To the Most High they call, but he does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. They shall go after the Lord, who roars like a lion, and when he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria, and I will return them to their homes, says the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come into this place and this day seeking a word from you. Lord, we wear so many different hats and faces when we approach you, Lord. Lord, help us to see ourselves as you see us. May your spirit work in our hearts and in our minds, reminding us always that we are loved now and forever. In Christ's name we pray, amen. That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No! Look how... 
see, he lives in you. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can't hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Ah, you see? So what are you going to do? First, I'm going to take your stick. No, 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 not a stick. Hey, where are you going? I'm going back. Get out of here. <laughs> So this is truly a uh, classic moment in cinematic history. But what it also is, is almost an exact illustration of the word we hear in our passage this day. It almost mirrors exactly the prophecy of Hosea. This place in scripture is one of the strongest and clearest illustrations of how much God loves us. It's one of the strongest, most clearest illustrations of the limitlessness of God's care and concern for us. Like the powerful scene you just saw with the spirit of Mufasa talking with Simba, it mirrors in many ways the relationship between God and us. Now we see this illustration and it's almost uh, cast in this familial context, right? Between parent, child. And I remember when I first became a parent. And I'll never forget that day, 
And I know Brandy won't forget that day, and I, I said this at nine, that I wouldn't presume to know it like she knows it because her job was just a little bit more difficult in that day. But I remember it being a truly out-of-body experience. I remember holding Aaron, her just little gooey, fleshy self, and I've said this before, I was so outside myself, so caught up in the moment, I remember asking the nurse for permission. I said, is, is it okay if I hold her? And she's like, yeah, she's yours. <laughs> and I was so overwhelmed with emotion, it was so powerful, and then I just formed my lips and I said, well, can I kiss her? And they're looking at this point like, if you don't go ahead and kiss this girl. And I'm just looking at, this, looking at her, and she's just this little face, and I kissed her forehead. And, and her body like responded. There was like this little response to it. And I was done. I was done. In that moment, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, more than anything in this world, that this child I held in my hands, not only would I die for, but I would do anything, anything for her. It was in that moment I knew that the world for me would be very different. It was in that moment I knew that life would be different. And as we think about this prophecy this morning, this word that Hosea speaks we're reminded of this parental theology because what we've thought, what we've been taught over the years is that we, can't, uh, we cannot know love, we don't love like God because we're not God. We can't comprehend how much God loves us. It's so, much, it's so far beyond our comprehension that we don't know how much God loves us. We don't know the depths of God's divine, eternal love for us. But I would argue, in the context of this passage today, that we can at least relate to how much God loves us. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 22, God gives instruction to Moses, thus saith the Lord, then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, Israel is my first born son. God didn't say, Israel is my chosen covenant people. God did not say the words we say, the fancy words. We are justified by faith through grace. No, Israel I claim is my child. So as did Israel, as like our children, as like us at some point, what happens in the, the circle of life is that we go from infancy to adolescence to, to adulthood, sometimes right around when you hit 50 is when I think you start really getting the adult thing, right? And so it's funny because we think about that, and if you notice something about the mistakes we make, it's almost like they get worse. Right? 
You know, they almost get worse. It's almost like, like Israel, we grow in our level of disobedience. We go from writing on walls and we graduate to, you know, those things like cheating, lying, stealing, self-righteousness. And God, through all of this context, says something. God points out the many ways that Israel forsake God, right? God delivered this people from listless bondage. I mean, God says, the more I called to them, they didn't listen. The more I reached out, they pulled away. The more I opened my arms to them, they closed their arms. Israel wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to follow their own little G-gods, not the God who delivered them and loves them as a child. And it sounds familiar, right? We know the story of Israel. I always love the looks you get when you preach about uh, especially from the First Testament, Israel, and I, and I love it, and you don't realize it, but when you look back and you say, like, Israel, and I love the looks, they're just like, yeah, Israel was crazy. We do the same things, just a different time and in different ways. In many ways, we mirror the shortcomings of, of Israel, right? We, and, and also like the fictional Simba, because like Simba, we are easily manipulated. You know, like Israel, like Simba, we, 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 we have a hard time not following our impulses, even though we know the results of those following those impulses might not be the best thing to do. We, we, we don't like to follow directions. We want to do our own thing. We want to live life unbound and carefree. We want to live without rules. And someone in here knows the song, right? We want to live hakuna matata. But something happens along the way. Ultimately, the weight, the guilt, the shame of what we've done, the weight of the failure becomes such a burden that like Simba, we can no longer bear it. So what do we do? We're really good at running away. We hide. We turn our backs on God. And then we even turn our backs on ourselves. Then we drift, we slowly drift into that sunken place, that deep, dark place of guilt. It's real. And it is in those moments that we experience uh, a tension within ourselves. But there's something else that happens in this passage, see, because uh, God also experiences tension. Here it is. Good, solid theology would have us to believe that God is immovable, unchangeable, constant, fixed. There is no conflict 
within the being of God. Now this is true to a certain extent. However, God in our passage today seems very conflicted. Verses 2 through 7. God lists every single way Israel turned their back on God. Yet in verse 8, thus saith the Lord, how can I give you up? How can I turn away from you, O Israel? How shall I, how can I destroy you like Adma and Zeboim? And if we remember, those are the two places that were destroyed as a part of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. God here is recalling God's own wrath and says, how can I do that to you again? God says, in fact, my heart recoils from me. My heart brings me back. The Hebrew word used for heart in this moment means the innermost part of being the will, the mind. So we've often said that God has a soft spot for sinners. It's the furthest thing from the truth. This passage tells us that the entire being, the entire scope, the entire magnitude of the Godhead tends toward compassion gentle mercy it's not just a part of God that loves us it's all of God that loves us I stumbled upon this anonymous quote that I thought was fitting here how many faces do I have to peel back before I can get acquainted with the real you And we know this. All of us as humans, we have all these different faces. We have all these different hats. We have all these different angles that we like to put out there for all sorts of reasons. When deep down inside, we know the real us. And there exists within us so much conflict, chaos, and confusion. There's all these different factions and entities within the makeup of ourselves that are constantly battling for dominance. Isaiah prophesies something. God says, I am not like you. I am no mortal. There exists no conflict, chaos, or confusion within God. I have been made up long ago and determined to love you no matter what. There's no debate within me about it. So you may have asked, why is there a big mirror in front of the chancel? Well, isn't it obvious? So we can see ourselves the meal that we are about to partake of. The table challenges us, much like Rafiki challenged Simba. 
to look harder. To look harder. To look to see beyond the mistakes, beyond the failures, be, be, beyond the guilt and the shame, the things that we've left undone, the things that we would have, we want to take back, all the pain and hurt we've either experienced or caused. We hear the very voice of God in this meal say, Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. You are my child. You are my child. We are more than what we see in that mirror because he lives in us. We are more than what we see. Remember who you are. At this table, God roars like a lion. And all of God's children come from north, south, east, and west, obedient and disobedient alike. And they hear the voice of their God, and they come to the table. God, with the fierceness of a lion, loves us. So when you see the person in that mirror as you come forth and receive communion, know that always God loves the person that you see.